Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it may be, wherever you are. My name is Craig Hagan, and you're listening to Rayma's Weekly Podcast. I'm sitting here with Tony McKinnon, we call him T-Mac, on a warm, humid June the 14th as we're recording the program. You know, it's been a little warm here in Tulsa. Yeah, I was in Texas this weekend, and it was 100 on the way home, I noticed on the thermometer in the vehicle. Like so two, it was two. hot in Texas. It was huh? hot in Texas. So, so you drove? Oh, yeah. You stop at Bucky's? Uh, there's not a Bucky's on my route for this particular <laughs> trip. If there was, yeah, that's like an hour stop. Uh-oh. Yeah, Bucky's. Yeah. yeah. You buy your clothes at Bucky's, don't you? I buy clothes at Bucky's. You can decorate your house at Bucky's. You can buy groceries at Bucky's. You can get a grill, a lawn chair. I mean, you name it, and fill up with gas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you guys never have have checked out Bucky's, I yeah. mean, it's I guess it's the largest convenience store. Yeah, only only for auto travelers, no semis. Yeah. Yeah, you I'll know, tell you one thing about Bucky's, and if there's any Bucky's people listening here to work on this, they ain't a windshield squeegee on the premises. Really? You can get gas, but you can't clean your windshield. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they have Bucky's in Florida now, too. Uh, I-10, I was just there the other day, twice, <laughs> going and coming. <laughs> <laughs> I stop if I don't need gas Actually, you know or what? need to go to the bathroom. I, I still stop. I've never been to Bucky's. I love Bucky's. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, I'll check that out sometime. Yep. Anyway, it's good to hear from you guys. Um, if you want to um, shoot us an email, um, it's podcast at rhema.org. You can let us know how much you like the program, how much you don't like the program. Tell us anything you want about, about the program. Just don't tell us you, you want to hear more women because we don't have a woman's guest today either. So, you yeah, know, we, we've heard, you've been heard. Yeah. But yeah. And don't tell us to be more serious because we're not going to be yeah, more serious. It's not in our DNA. Yeah. We're, we're not serious people. But also, um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Rayma Podcast and like I said, we we always want to hear from you guys. And, and if you guys want to send us an email, tell us things that we already know, you can tell us. Or, all right. But, <laughs> you know. Well, today's program, we have Pastor Rick Burke. Um, Rick pastors in Claremore, Oklahoma. Clear in Claremore. Clear in Claremore. Yeah, you know, a long ways away from, from the Tulsa area. Uh, Cedar Point Church is, is the name of the church. I know you guys are going through a renovation process. And, um, you know, Give us your website. Our website's uh, cedarpoint.church. I will say this, that I kind of like Tony's nickname, and I wish I had, like, a cool nickname. You know, that's a, that's a pretty pretty cool <laughs> well, nickname. Well, this is Dr. C over here. He got his doctorate, so he's Dr. C. Well, uh, I, that just merits more respect all yeah, of a sudden. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah, so yeah I need a, a cool nickname. <laughs> well, I'm a Ricky you know? B. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've been called that before, Craig. I don't know if that's a cool nickname or not. but Yeah. Now, I've actually known Rick for a long time. We have known each other a long time. Yeah, Rick actually used to coach my, my softball team at um, one point in time, and I guess we played all kinds of different sports together. Yeah. You know, we've worked together in the mailroom. Right. Like- well, and I remember, you know, I'm, I'm a few years older than you, a few, <laughs> a few. And I remember I was coaching a junior high team when you were playing for Bird Junior High yeah. in football. So it goes back a long way. Wow. 10 or 15 years anyway. Yeah, 10 or 15 years, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of scary, Rick. Um, um I was figuring out the other day, well, well my, my sister, like, Craig, you know, it's my 30th year reunion now from high school. And I'm like, then I figured out I'm 30 years out of college now. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old. Well, well, you know, Cameron's still in the room here. He's old. He's 27 years old now. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling old. Yeah. My, my oldest is 30. Yeah. Turned 30 this year. Youngest is 27 because she's the same age as Cameron. Mine's, yeah. my, my oldest is 31. Of course. We had him when I was 10. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's 31. I've got I've got uh, three kids, six grandkids, and two on the way. So Wow, six grandkids and two on the way. Well, I was actually um, talking with 
um, one of our pastor friends, he, he just had a um, another grandson saw, saw it on on Facebook, and, and I was um, you know saying congratulations. And he goes, well. A couple of weeks ago, I had my first great grandson. I'm like, really? I didn't know. And, and I think we're the same age. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> How's that work? I just didn't even ask. Yeah, right. you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just going to not. There's go laws there. against that, I'm <laughs> sure. There's some, there's some questions we don't need answered, right? I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah. So, Rick, tell us your story. Tell us, you know, obviously we know you came to Rama. You know, sure. You know, I mean, maybe your salvation process, how you ended up Raymond, how, and how that affected your life. You left well, in your mother's womb and all. Yeah, well, you know, being a preacher, there's there's no short answers to short questions. And so, you know, I was I was actually raised in a home that we went to church. Um, my my grandfather, whom I never met, he was actually what they called a song leader at um, Ottawa Indian Baptist uh, Church in Ottawa, uh, by Ottawa Cemetery, uh, out by Miami. So anyway, my... Yeah, my, that's, that's Miami, Oklahoma. Yeah, Miami, Oklahoma, yeah. It's not It's not different in Miami, that's in That's right. Yeah. So, there, but was, there is a Miami, Ohio. Too. Yeah, there is. A, yeah, yeah. we've got a college there. Yeah. But um, so I, we went to church every week, and my uh, on the Sunday mornings we would go to the Lutheran church because my mom liked liturgy. And during the weeknights, my dad would go to Pentecostal tent meetings because he liked the music. They had they'd have a guitar on the platform, and that was a big deal to him. <laughs> and so you talk about kind of two two distinctions. All uh, in water. Yeah. You know, same Jesus, but just, you know, yeah. uh, the way yeah. they worshiped and stuff like that. And so that was kind of my story till I got in to high school. And, um, there was a guy at a, a local, at a Baptist church there in town that he started being the chaplain for our football team. And he really got me serious about the things of God. And, and then, so I, I started, you know, I'd, all my life, I'd kind of sensed a call on my life. And so, and I, at that point as a sophomore in high school, I'd not heard of Rama. I didn't know anything about it or brother Hagen and, uh, kind of thing in ministries. And so, uh, the only thing I knew about was, uh, or opportunity university. And so I thought, well, maybe I'll go there. And so I went to a prospective student seminar that they had and brother Robert spoke and he talked on the baptism of the Holy spirit and being a Lutheran boy, I didn't know anything about that. We'd, we'd since left the Pentecostal tent meetings. And all I knew about the Holy spirit was, was that at the end of the service, they would say in the name of the father and the son and the Holy spirit. And that was kind of our signal that church is over. <laughs> So he got up and talked he about it. Either that or he got baptized. That's right. <laughs> and so that, you know. Or sprinkled. That's right. Yeah, they, yeah, they sprinkled you. So uh, so I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I remember that kind of this hunger for God began to stir up. And I went to a church in Claremore. It's called Claremore Christian Fellowship. Now, were you living in Claremore at this time? Yeah, or? I was. I was still living there. And uh, I think I just turned 18. And um, I had, uh, they gave out a guest packet. And in the guest packet. There was this book called God's Medicine by Kenneth E. Hagan mm. and In Him by Kenneth E. Hagan. And I remember my parents went out of town. I went with them somewhere, and I, I read that book, God's Medicine. Man, it transformed my life. I mean, from that day forward, I never saw the Bible the same. It was, wow. not, it was not just a book that I just, and I'm trying to get emotional, man. It was just so impactful mm. to me. That it wasn't just a book I read, but it really was God's word to me. I, I, I saw it differently. It was just that little book transformed me and wow. transformed my walk. And so I went to junior college a couple of years. I was, I don't want to say I was fighting the call, but you know, it was, I, I, I love sports. And so I was kind of pursuing an education degree and was going to coach football. And my high school coach was a guy named Larry Coker who ended up coaching at the university of Miami. Yeah. And uh, I was going to, yeah, he actually was in Miami, Florida. Yeah. He was in the big, the big Miami. <laughs> and so he, he was going to let me just kind of, uh, you know, assist him kind of as a volunteer. He was going to mentor me and, that type of thing, but just uh, he got a, then he got an opportunity at the University of Tulsa um, from Claremore, and God just kept dealing with my heart. And I remember I'd, I'd taken a, a zoology test, a zoology final, and I remember tossing my book in the back seat, and um, 
uh, it was a good time for God to speak to me because I hated that zoology final. But anyway, he spoke to me and just, you know, at that time now I'd really, you know, just, I'd been feeding off stuff from Rama and, and, uh, brother Hagen and then, uh, pastor Hagen and that kind of thing, just different things there. My heart was just stirred up to come here. And I remember in, uh, 1980, I came and was a, a Rama student and wow. uh, my life was forever transformed. 1982, I ended up, I was so blessed. I got a job here and I got to work here for six years. I, I just remember feeling so fortunate that I was getting to go to school here and then for six years I got to work here and it was just the best place to work. My my job meant something to me. I believed in, you know, and good times and bad, you know, that, um, uh, you know, Hagen family was incredibly good to good to me. And so it was it was really kind of the the launching place, you know, from that place. I ended up eventually going into youth ministry and I was at a place for a few months and kind of the way I went into youth ministry is when. Um, I was sharing the story with your, with, with Pastor Hagen off air about um, when I was first started working here, we would just have service on Sunday night and Wednesday night. You remember that, right? Yeah, uh, before, before, before the church actually started. Yeah, and, and uh, Pastor Hagen had it on his heart to, you know, that, to start a church. I remember saying the Spirit of God said it would make the base strong. And so, and he said at that time, he said, now I know because we haven't been doing Sunday morning service, some of you have been attending another place, so, you know, pray about, you know, what direction God would have you go. And so... At that time, there was another church that was locally that was going there on Sunday night, but here on, I mean, Sunday morning, but here on Sunday night, Wednesday night. And so I was out on the shipping dock and I was kind of just, you know, processing that and praying about it. Like, Lord, you know, what do you want me to do? How do me handle this? And Pastor Hagen pulls up in his car and he rolls down his window and he goes, hey, do you want to work with the singles or do you want to work with the youth? <laughs> and I hadn't thought about any, either one of those. I just look at him and go, uh, youth? And he goes, Okay. And he rolls up his window and pulls off. <laughs> like it was the most unspectacular, seemingly unspiritual moment, and yet that simple question and the way I answered it really had a part to do in projecting the trajectory of my life. Yeah. You know, I mean, I ended up volunteering, working. But, you know, I think the funny part, he he he, he didn't um, really like ask you. Ask you what singles or youth? That was your only. Your yeah. only but, I mean, yeah. it was like you're, you're volunteering regardless. Yeah, of- yeah, you're coming to church. When I that that question, let me know. Hey, you're coming to church here on Sunday morning. That's where you'll be coming, and you're either going to serve. Their youth are singles, so you get to pick. You can have anyone. You can work in any ministry you want, as long as it's youth or singles. And so, <laughs> and so it really did. And I mean, it, it was one of those things that you know served here. And then I got that opportunity in Arkansas for a short period of time, and then applied for a job in New Mexico. and And I remember that there were there were like there were nine other people that had applied, and I know that they were more gifted than me, had more experience than me, had better hair than I do. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And But I remember that. Did you have hair? Well, you, you I had more hair. than I do now. And I mean, and you you can kind of see that hair's overrated as far as I'm concerned. But, but um, you know, he uh, the pastor that I was interviewing with, you know, he, he knew Pastor Hagen, and, and Pastor Hagen just put in a good word for me, and it was kind of sealed the deal. And so for 17 years, we were in New Mexico doing student ministry, and then I just had a sense in my heart, you know, that to come back to my home, back to Claremore. And um, I think I'll get my life there and I think we'll finish our race there. You yeah. know, so I believe what we're called to do. So, so that's kind of my story in a nutshell. But I mean, ever since 1978, I believe it was, is when I got that little visitor's packet and read that book, God's Medicine. And then, of course, right. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I mean, I knew that I loved Jesus and I knew what I knew that, you know, I, I believe the Bible was God's word. And I was, I knew that I'd gotten filled with the Holy Spirit, but I mean, as far as knowing anything about the word, I didn't know anything in that little book. And then right after that, I read the next one that was there in him and I'd never heard those things. I mean, I was just a Lutheran kid, you know, just said, I mean, I'm grateful for the Lutherans, but I said, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know anything. That's not an indictment on them. It's an indictment on me. But, um, 
But those books and then the connection with this ministry, the handprints of, of this place will forever be on my heart. Yeah. You know? And so, so obviously since you didn't know anything, when you made a commitment to come to, to Rainbow Bible Training College, um, you actually were just trying to learn about the word. You didn't really feel a call to the ministry or anything. You just want to learn more about the Bible, correct? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that was, it. I, I want to do some, uh, I wanted, uh, I wanted to learn more about the Bible. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that I, I, I and I didn't know then what I know now that I'm yeah. like, I knew God had something for me. Now, the longer I've gotten, I realize he's got something for all of us. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and so, you know, that, that, at that time, the second year class, I went into helps cause I just knew I'm, I'm going to be help. I'm, yeah. I'm going to serve somewhere. I'm going to yeah. serve somewhere. And, and for six years it was here, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I, I mean, as far as what that meant or what it, I just knew God's got, he's got some kind of work for me. And again, now, like I said, I realize that's true for all of us, right? I mean, he's got something for all of us to do, whether it's ushering or greeting or serving in preschool. I mean, all those things. Yeah. Amen. So if you happen to be listening out, out there and you're thinking, man, I don't know anything and I'd like to know more about, more about the word of God. I, I don't know whether I'm called or whether I'm not called. You might go check out Raymond Bible Training College, rbtc.org. Just Go online there. Um, there's some information about the college. And, and then um, if you would, give us your information, your, your email, your, your phone number, and we'll have one of our student ambassadors give you a call, talk to you more about Rama, and even set up a time to, to come for a tour on campus. And we're accepting applications right now for the 2021-2022 school year. And so we're excited about, um, you know, and, and some people think, well, do I have to be 18 to come to college? No, I mean we we have people in our eighties. We have people who who retire from from working a job and they're they're sixty five, you know, age or, or whatever, and they come to Raymond to to get pumped up, you know, learn more about the Word of God, and just come here to Raymond Bible Training College. And so, obviously, your years at Raymond here, um, you know, I mean that had dramatic in, impact. Oh, no question on on everything that you you still does, do yeah. 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 And, you know, and I'll say this too, you know, when I, when, like when I came here, you're right. I, I don't know what I was supposed to do or anything. And, and, um, you know, the, I, I just remember over and over again, the things that'd be put into me is, Hey, what does the word say about this? And that question fits no matter what we do in life. Right. I well, mean, and that's my grandfather pretty much. He, he'd always yeah. say, what does the word say? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, and so, I mean, whether, you know, if I'm a businessman, I, I need to know what the word says about these situations. And so, so, you know, I mean, I know, uh, Brother Hagen, your grandfather, you know, his, uh, you know, the, the mission that God had given him was go teach my people faith. And people say, would you learn all about faith? I did. But I mean, I learned about asking that question. What does the word have to say about it, about walking in integrity, the love of God, how to respond when I miss it. And let me tell you, I've got to put that one in practice a lot too. too. You know, I mean, (laughs) there are just so many things in our everyday life that just as a Jesus follower, no matter what it is that you're doing, that those questions were answered. I I remember uh, when you know, one time I was watching a person go through a situation and I, I was having a conversation. I said, I, I don't really, you know, I said, my natural inclination would be to respond this way. And that just makes so much sense to me. And I said, I don't know why they do it. And they, they said, well, who did you hear that from? And I said, well, I heard it while I was at Rama. So, I mean, it, you know, at that time it just felt common to me, but the truth of the matter is, had I not had that experience, that mm-hmm. education from Rainbow Bible College, I wouldn't have known it either. You know, yeah. so it just, it served me in so many ways. And I think, you know, one thing, too, when you come to Rama, you know, like I said, we always encourage everyone to get involved in the local church. And I think that also that's training which you don't know that later on, whether whether you still just usher in your church or whether you, you become a pastor. Yeah. You know, or, or, or become a, you know, when you're working with the youth, you didn't ever know you, you might become a youth minister at that point in time. Right. I mean, you're, you're just there to help out kids. I mean, obviously having the coaching mentality, I mean, you know, you kind of works hand in hand. I'm a, I, sure. I, you know, I like to work with kids, so I'm, I'm going to be a youth minister, you know, or I'm work with the youth and, you know, and, you know, I know that, 
you know, have an opportunity to serve, you know, really helps you for the future. What, whether you're still staying health minister or whether, you know, you know, God promotes you to become a pastor, you, uh, associate pastor, youth minister, children's minister, or if you're musically inclined, a music minister, because you, you actually have to sing in order to do that. And, I'm not good at that. Yeah, nobody's. The only request I ever get is to be quiet. Be so, quiet. I mean, you know, but it's true. I mean, when if you'd have told me then, if you'd have said, "Hey, look, years from now, you'll be you'll start a church in your hometown," mm-hmm. I'd have thought you were missing it big time. I mean, I thought I just there's no way I saw that. But again, it goes back to what I heard here, yeah. and that is that you know God just shows us He doesn't show us the whole picture because He wants us to walk by faith. That's how we please Him, right. and so just He shows us this step. So, so I just remember in my mind, I thought I I just know I'm called to serve. I want to be a part of something that God's doing. And, and I thought for the longest time I worked in the shipping department. I, you know, I sent out books and cassette tapes and stuff like that. There was a time I thought I'll be here the rest of my life because I was just so satisfied and so pleased. And then working with the students, there began to be this stirring that came up on the inside of me. And just all those things are connected to this place for me. You know, let's talk about the shipping department for a minute. You know, uh, people don't know is that before we send the mail out every day, we actually gather around the mail and we pray. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and we've done it for years. I mean, ever since, you know, you know, you guys were there and we, we, we pray over the mail, we pray that it'll be a blessing to people's life, pray for people's lives to be changed. You know, you know, because we, we pray for safety for the mail, that it gets to the right place at the right time at the right, you know, those kind of things. And people don't even realize that. But, and I tell people all the time, you know, if you happen to work in, in the shipping and receiving department, we call it the mail room, used to go back in the old days. Yeah. Or, or, you know, you work in, and we, we used to call it tape duplicate, now we call it media duplicate, you know, whether you're making, you know, you know MP3s or, or, or CDs or, or whatever you're doing. I mean, you know, it's all part. I mean, you know, the people in publications. I mean, I mean, if we don't publish these books, if we don't send them out, I mean, obviously, you, you know, too many books, you said, basically changed your life. Yeah, they really you, did. You know, and, and so then later on, you had an opportunity to, to send books around the world, you know, and like I said, you're happy doing that. And I think that's something else. We need to be content doing what we're doing. You know, you know if we're faithful in the small things, God can call us to, to bigger right. things. No question. And, and, yep. and you know, I, I know when you were here, you were always faithful to do what was set in front of you. And then God opened the door for you to do more. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and again, Craig, I'll just say this, man. I, I just felt so fortunate to, to, to work here. I mean, it, it really was. Um, I, I remember I came over. I was a student. I was a second year student. And uh, I was working for in, in, a, in, in a factory in Tulsa that did oil field products. And so I, was, I came over to buy a series, a tape series. And one of the guys that was in my class brought it out to me. And I didn't really know him. I'd just seen him. So the next day I saw him in class and we were talking. And I said, so you work there? And he said, yeah. And I said, man, you must. It, uh, that seems like such a blessing. He said, well, we have an opening. Would you be interested? And I just, I couldn't hardly, I mean, to me, it was, it was as if somebody said, you, you have a chance to win the lottery a real good. I mean, it was just, I was just so, I felt so blessed to be able to work here and, and they did. I mean, they just, and one, you talked about, you know, praying over the mail and that was one of the things that I know. And I know the culture has not changed here from this standpoint that people that do those things, they know they're in ministry. I knew I was in ministry sending out those books and tapes as much as a guy up on the platform preaching a sermon you know we took yeah. that our job that seriously because of the call on this place well you didn't have to have a job you had a purpose yeah absolutely you know and meaning yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean you know like i said and it is interesting you know how many of the people that 
started out in the mailroom and now they're in ministry today, yeah. you know, around the world. I mean, you know, think, think of Tim Rogers in yeah. Mexico. Yeah. 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 He and I worked there together at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And of course we talked about Stephen Wiley. Yeah. I saw yeah. him the other day yeah. and yeah. God's used him to do great things. And again, he's a guy I met in the mailroom. Tim Rogers, a guy I met in the mailroom. I mean, there's just a number of guys that worked in there that God's just done great things with Bill McNeese. Bill McNeese. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's just, you know, been amazing, you know, it came out of Melrose. I mean, I, I know um, it was interesting whenever, whenever I, I guess this is after your time, but Pastor Billy Joe Watts, who was on staff for a long time, he went from the mailroom to associate pastor. Yeah, straight. And, but he actually worked, the time that he worked in the mailroom, I was in there. Oh, you were still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, just and talk about a great man of God that God's just used, you know, to do great things around here. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just awesome. And so, you know, like I said, being faithful in the small things, I mean, you know, can now, it doesn't mean that everyone who comes and works in our mailroom is going to necessarily... <laughs> One-way ticket to the ministry. <laughs> right. well, Worldwide the mailroom. That's, that's not God's plan for everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, he's got... Uh, it, 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 there was a time I thought his plan for me was to be here forever, and that would have been okay, right? I yeah. mean, it is God's plan for everybody to sow seeds of faithfulness wherever they that's are. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. And, and then I'm, I'm assuming, you know, when, when you, you've got that, um, you know, youth pastor i guess i started out to be you know job there in mexico you you were probably thinking that's that was going to be it that's oh. you know i mean you know you're yeah. gonna i, you know, I, you're I thought gonna... i'd be in new mexico for the rest of my life i mean you know, yeah. we were there for 17 years and i think when i first took over at student ministry i think the average the length of time or average stay for a youth pastor was six months and so yeah yeah that's um, that's that well that was the stat that I was when i was teaching the, the youth that was that we yeah. always gave six months you know and the interesting part about it is i would ask some of some of the students and at Rama, I said, well, how many youth pastors did you have, you know, from the time from, you know, from sixth grade to 12th grade? And one guy, one person said they had 15. Holy cow. And, you know, in their 12 year period of time, they had 15 different youth pastors. Wow. And you, you, you want to know why people, kids are messed up today? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was, there was no consistency. Yeah. You know, and, you know, with 15 different youth pastors. And so that was a, you know th- that that was the most. I mean, you know, there, there's there's some that only had a couple different youth pastors, but and, th- and that was from sixth grade to twelfth grade, fifteen. Right. Well, you know, and as a result of that, and again, that was something that's put in me here, as a result of staying there for seventeen years. I mean, those are lives that are connected with me. Uh, you know, yesterday uh, there are a couple of people that grew up in my youth group that were in worship with us that don't live in Claremore. You know, they just they have yeah. some connections, so they came through and they they worshipped with us. And and next uh, and, uh, next week, oh, I'm sorry, two weeks, there'll be a f- few more. So. I've, People that visit in and out. I, I still get asked to do weddings and funerals back in New Mexico from students that were there. But, but again, what you're talking about, Tony, mm-hmm. is that that you know to, to just be faithful where you are. You know, and to you know what if this what if this is the place that you are at for the rest of your life? Well, God and that's that's something about commitment. I mean, you don't want to ever be so stuck you miss God when it's yeah. time to transition. But yet, committed to doing what you're doing, what your hands. Um, finds to do in that time. I mean, there's something to be said for that. And, and I think too, you know, as an associate pastor or a youth minister or things like that. I mean, you know, obviously you're not the main person, and so it's you know it's a commitment to to the vision of that church of True. that yeah. pastor. Yeah. And, and I, I know a lot of people want to have their own their own vision, and they don't usually last very long as an associate pastor, and then they don't last very long as a pastor. I, I think you know you know being faithful to to you know, to support another man's vision, you know, also, you know, help, you know, helped you, you know, now not only to, to pastor your church, but, but, but also, you know, you, you kind of, you know, you kind of pay it forward or, or whatever, you know, you, you, you get some faith. I think if you're a faithful person, you're going to, you're going to have faithful people that, that work for you. you I, know? I think you're right. You know, again, one of the things I learned 
I know Luke 16 has always been in the Bible, but it was one of the things that was pointed out to me here that, you know, being faithful in the small things, you know, makes you faithful much. And then being faithful with what's somebody else's that shows that you can be trusted with your own, you know. Right. And and so and that's that's the step that a lot of us want to skip is being faithful with somebody else's thing. You know, we we say, oh, you know, if I had a lot, I'd be faithful. No, you'd be faithful with little. You'll be faithful with a lot. Mm-hmm. Or if, it, if this was mine, I'd be faithful. No. If you're not faithful with what's not yours, then you're probably not going to be faithful with what is yours. But, but again, those were things that were put into me here. So, hey, let's talk about this. You know, you know, your jump from from there, doing student ministries, you know, there to come into Claremore. Um, you know, now obviously you grew up in Claremore, so you did know some people. But, but sure. I mean, you know, but I mean, you you did. There was no work going on that you just took over, right? Right. You, you, that's you, correct. You you just came in and started from scratch, you know, and that's, that's not easy to do. Right. I mean, it doesn't matter if you, you have some friends to say they're going to show up. They, yeah. they're probably, if they showed up the first week, they're probably not there you know, now today. Yeah, we, you learn that ministry, right? If somebody says, Hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm behind you. And yeah. they get so far behind, you can't see where yeah. they are. So, but, um, so, so, you know, you know, obviously that was a big commitment to move your wife and move your family. Sure. Move, move everything. You know, you guys, you guys were, you know, there in, in, you know, basically New Mexico and, or whatever, whatever you, you know, right. I mean, you were happy. And so, so how was that? Talk about that transition and how, how'd that work? And anyway, was it like God spoke and then I'm, I'm there or it was, was that a, you, you know, and I don't know if the Lord does everybody this way, but the way he's kind of led me in, in major decisions, like when I came to, when I came to Raymond Bible college, there was a stirring in my heart. In other words, I wasn't in a bad place, but where I was, was just a dissatisfaction and so I began to pursue that, and I ended up being a student here. And then just this desire, people I always envy those people that, as their two years or three years or whatever is coming to a close with Rama, that they would know exactly what they're going to do. And I, you know, that what are you going to do? And I'm like, I I don't know. I think I'm just supposed to serve somewhere. I'm supposed to serve and help somebody. And you know, my dream job of getting to serve and help at at uh, uh, Rama Bible College and uh, you know Kenneth Hagin Ministries, I got an opportunity to do that. And then when I went into youth ministry, there began to be this stirring, you know, to do that. And so, again, when we were in New Mexico, I thought, okay, I'll be speaking to students. I don't know, you know, the, that may look different over time, but this is what I'm going to be doing. But, again, there kind of began to be a stirring, you know. I mean, I am, um, I mean, I, I'm an Okie. And, I mean, when we would cross the state line, <laughs> I taught my kids to sing Oklahoma. I mean, we would seriously, in the car, sing Oklahoma from Rodgers and Hammerstein. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm boomer sooner. And so, you know, if we didn't have to, we didn't get gas in Texas because we didn't want any of those tax dollars going to the Longhorns. I mean, <laughs> we just, you know, it was just one of those things. That, and so I remember, you know, and I feel like I've always done things kind of late in life. I mean, I got married by the time I was turning 28. And, um, you know, I, I, we got on staff at a church when I was uh, almost 30. And then we started a church in our mid-40s. All three of our kids have been born in uh, New Mexico. And so... My wife, you know, she asks those annoying questions like, hey, how are we going to pay our bills? How are we going to do this? That kind of thing. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't know. You know, quit asking me questions. Well, you know, and so um, so we we uh, we talked with our pastor, the guy uh, the place we were working at, at the time and just said, you know, hey, I'm grateful and, and we're going to it's time for us to go. And we'll we'll you tell me the timing that's good for you guys. You've been good to us. We'll do that. And if you want us to, we'll stay and even help you go through the interview process and transition that guy. And, we'll and, and I him. think that's really big, you know, is, is, you know, make sure that you leave good. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, because a lot of people, and sometimes we leave out of frustration. I know sure. you, you weren't leaving out of frustration, but even if you do, make sure you, you, you leave the place, you know, good. You know, you know it does... You, it's not easy to, f- to fulfill a ministry position like two weeks. Yeah, you, that's you know? right. But I, you know, I know sometimes like, oh, I'm I'm out of here, I'm gone. But but like you said, you you gave an opportunity. You know, you know, if I need to train the people, what I need to do, you know, you tell me. Right. Well, you know, I, and I believe this, and and I'm broad brushing here. This may not be the case for everybody, but my experience has been that if you go to church for five years or you work at a place for five years, at some point you got you've gone ahead have had opportunity to get frustrated. And I found out looking back over, most of the time it was my own immaturity. You know what I mean? It's just, I just needed to grow some, but at the time you don't recognize it as that. And it's really easy to get frustrated and quit and get mad and all that kind of stuff. But, um, fortunately, you know, I, I, I stayed. And then on the other side of that, God would grow me and train me and prepare me. And so we, we had, we had that conversation. They were incredibly good to us. And as time went on, you know, so we did, we stayed for several months to help them, you know, go through the interview process. And then we even stayed after they hired somebody to kind of help train them, introduce them to people in the community and stuff like that. Well, before we left, they said, Hey, look, we, we want to continue paying you for the next year, which was, I mean, that was incredibly gracious, yeah. you know? And so we went there and there were some people that had been part of our student ministry that were in this area now that had moved here to go to school and different things like that, that, um, said, Hey, we're going to help you. We're going to help you start it. Well, we, we did have one thing happen. that was totally unexpected. My uncle lives in Tulsa. And, um, and he said, Hey, look, I'm going to start If you start a church, I'm, I'm going to go to church. And and I'll say this because this place had been such a place on my heart. I even, I reached out to pastor Hagan and I said, look, I, I know this is Claremore. It's not Tulsa or broken era, but are you okay? You know, it, it, I want to make sure we're doing things in integrity. Is it okay with you if we, and you know, and he gave us his blessing. That was important to me. And so, um, so my uncle ran into this guy that had a small group of people that had been through pastors and were considering shutting down. And there was about 30 or 40 of them. And we're looking for a place. And my uncle said, hey, look, I know this guy. He wants to meet you. Well, I had no interest in meeting the guy at all. But I also know my uncle that if I didn't at least meet with him, we would be two weeks into the millennium. And he'd still be asking me, have you met with that guy yet? You know what I mean? So I said, okay, uncle, I'll meet with him. Well, when we met with him, the more we talked, it was a totally unexpected thing that God had thought of in advance. And so we shared our vision and they said, well, can we just merge with you? And there was 30 or 40 of them. And I said, well, for that to work, you're going to have to totally dissolve your, you're going to have to dissolve as an organization. Yeah. And, and I didn't really think they would do that. They'd been trying to make it work for nine years. And, but you know, so I'm like, and I wouldn't have blamed them if they said, look, we don't know who you are. No, we're not going to do that. But they prayed about it and they said, we think God's in this. And so, so we instantly gained 30-some people wow. after we'd moved down here for a few months and were looking for a place. And so um, so we had we had the 20 people that that we'd had a long-time relationship with that were their jobs allowed them to transfer here or they were already in, had moved to this area and that kind of thing that, that helped us. And um, and I remember our, our launch service with all of our friends showing up, we had 120 people. Our next week, we were so impressive that it grew to 40-some people. And so, <laughs> so, you know, it's just that that long yeah, church growth. journey. Yeah, right. yeah, let Rick Burke teach your church how to grow. And so it was um, – so, you know, we had donuts that we gave out every morning, every Sunday morning. And my, my kids, I'd get them out of bed, and they'd cut the donuts in half because – we wanted to make sure they'd last as long as they could. And so or I remember one time we handed out flyers for our Easter service, and it was like 18 degrees outside. 
and I was driving around in the church van and my kids are running up to doors, hanging door <laughs> flyers on the doors and they still raggle me about that. They're like, you stayed in the warmth of the van while we brutal this <laughs> Northern Arctic front. And I'm like, hey, it's all for God, you know? So, I mean, but it was just those kind of things that, you know, we were never the, the people that just kind of overnight something took place. It was just, God, God was just faithful just kind of over time, you know, the things just continued to grow. People were getting saved and filled with the Holy Spirit and recommitting their lives. And it just continued, just continued to grow and uh, to the place that, that we are, you know, right now we're in a place of a, we own a, an old, old strip center that was built or shopping center that was built over a landfill. And, um, it was, yeah, it really was, that's a, that's a nice way of saying a dump. You're exactly right. But we, that's kind of our picture, right? You know, that the people had written this place off a long time ago and it's been committed, committed to the work of God and it's best days are ahead of it. And the same thing's true when when we introduced to Jesus, right? I mean, so, so we call our church a story changing place and even the facility story has changed, you know, that it was one step away from being condemned. I remember a family pulled into the parking lot one time and, um, the husband looks at his wife. He goes, do you have the right address? <laughs> I mean, while we're remodeling, and it's going to change, and the outside will change. The inside is really cool looking now, or most of it. There's still some areas we have to work on. But, you know, I'm dating myself, but there used to be a show called Sanford and Son. Yeah, yeah. And when you, you know, when I would pull in the parking lot, sometimes that music would be playing in my head, you know, like, this is my empire. You know, I mean, as I, how you felt, but just um, God just continued to do it. And we didn't go to Claremore because there weren't good churches. Or anything like that. We went there because that's just where my heart was. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. where God had called me. So, yeah, we, we talked about how you picked a name. You know, how how, how the Lord just woke up <laughs> in the middle of the night. <laughs> yes, if only right. Yeah, we were we were sitting around and we we're like we we're trying to think of a name and we wanted it to be kind of unique to its own. And so somebody threw out the name Cedar Point, yeah. and we're like, man, we really like that. And so I've I've been asked uh, if you look at our logo, the name of our church is Cedar Point, and then we have a red eye. And probably the questions I get asked the most are, yeah, "What does a red eye stand for?" And we're like, I don't know. Some graphic artist just thought it looked cool, you know. And so, and uh, you know, and somebody else go, I, "It's a church all about you." That's why that eye is in there. And I'm like, no. Nah. So anyway, but people have said like, "So what does a Cedar Point mean?" I'm like, it, it doesn't mean anything. We're just. I wish we were deeper than that, but it's just we thought it was a cool name. So I've had people like, "Well, you." You guys are strong as the cedars of Lebanon, and you point the way to Jesus. And I'm like, well, okay, yeah, but that's not what it means, you know. So I mean, we just kind of had that over time. What does it mean? Nothing. We just like the name. So <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Now, now something else, though, you know, which I believe all churches, you guys got involved in the community, doing things in the community. Yeah. I know I check your Facebook out sure. you know, all the time, and you know, I think something else you have a celebration recovery. Um, Right, and, and, and which you actually attend quite a bit because because I've I've seen you know I do you know we share so talk about that about a church of the community because I think that's you know a lot of churches need to be more part of their community yeah and, what you know one of the things I mean we one of our statements besides being a story changing place is that we want to be relentlessly good to our community so we look for opportunities to be good you know to one of the things uh, and this place does a great job Rainbow Bible Church does a great job of this and uh, again it's one of the places I've learned this at is that we have to earn the right to speak into people's lives, right? right? I mean, um, that, you know, so we we do things for them. We invest in them. We look for opportunities to be a part. And, you know, the beauty of it is is that when it first started out, we were looking for opportunities, and now we have the community calling us, saying, hey, will you help us with this? Can you do this? Can you be a part of it? And it really has had an impact. I, You know, one of the things we said from the beginning of 
that if if nobody ever attends our church, will they know about us and what will they know about us? And I've had people recently, just recently say, somebody told me the other day, they said, it's, they said it's the first time I've ever been excited to tell them what church I go to. And I thought, is it because of the messages? Is it because of my you know oratory skills? And they're like, no, none of that. And I'm like, Thank you. And so they said that they're, the people are always saying like, that's that church that does and then fill in the blank in the community, mm-hmm. you know? And so it really is. It's one of those things that we do. And we have, we have a program. Uh, we started out as um, uh, Celebrate Recovery, and we've since kind of uh, we want it to be under our own you know, supervision. Celebrate Recovery is a great program, but we, we actually have our own recovery program now. We meet on Monday nights, and uh, we have a guy that uh, he's actually on our staff. Years ago, he dealt with an alcohol addiction, and so he understands about addictions. And, again, it's not limited to addictions, but it does – it does minister in that area quite a bit, and um, it's a ministry of ours that's growing. Matter of fact, I'm going to be there tonight. Um, uh, I show up a lot of times just because it's good for me. It's a very place, you know. James five says, "Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed." You know, and so, and then if they're committing sins, will be forgiven them. So it's it's just a great place, kind of a safe place. Tonight, we're going to interview a lady that uh, had lost her um, husband in a car wreck, an uh, 18 year old had hit her husband and he oh, wow. it wasn't on purpose, but you know, she's still a single mom then and lots, you know, and God, you know, God came into her life at that time and began to minister to her heart. And she even looked up that young man that had done that and forgave him said, mm. I, you know, don't carry this with you for the rest of your life. You're forgiven. I want you to know I'm not angry at you. We're going to be okay. You know, cause she didn't want him to, he was 18, Yeah, you know, to carry that for the next 40 or 50 or 60 years of his life. And so just the forgiveness. So she's going to tell her story tonight. And we're and, and I'm assuming, you know, that's some people that that's their, their first connection to the church. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's through there. And then, you know, once they find that, Hey, this church actually maybe cares about me. Yeah. Then they, then they want to hear the pastor. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully they want to continue doing that, but, but you're right. It is. It's, it's one of those, because a lot of times when people, you know, when their broken areas are so obvious, you know, I mean, we all have had broken places Jesus has to fix. Yeah. But when the broken areas are so obvious, then sometimes the enemy uses shame to keep them from coming. They feel Absolutely. like they're going to be judged and that kind of thing. And so when you hear about that and their first thought is, oh, so there's going to be people like me there, then they show up. And you're right. It's it's their first exposure to church. And, you know, it's not a ministry. Another thing I learned here, it's not, it's not a ministry of its own. It's not a church on its own. It's a ministry of Cedar Point. In other words, it's a ministry of our church. And so yeah. it's it really is a part of who we are. And so it's been one of those things that people have gotten connected with us, but it started there. Yeah, amen. You know, I know around here, uh, we'll talk about the, the church name, and they're like, where? I said, the Christmas Light Church. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've been there. Yeah, yeah that, and then the guys have done the 4th of yeah, July. Yeah. I mean, you, you've yeah. done, I mean, just thing after thing for the community that this place is known for, just being good to the community you live in. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I, I think that's what, you know, more churches need to be a part of their community, and and I know that um, I've been talking with our new mayor now about even getting more involved in, in the things here in, in the Broken Arrow um, community. And so, it's, you know, it's, I think it's important, you know, and obviously, I mean, you know, the city calls, I mean, you know, we're there to try to help. I mean, yeah. That, that's, yeah, but that's, they don't, like he said, and, and I proved this out, Pastor, and myself, they're not calling you if you don't show yourself interested in what they're doing. Right. Yeah. And we were the same way. We were always involved in the community, looking for ways to either sow into, serve, or partner with. We had great uh, success partnering with uh, the school system or some other part of the community to, to really do something. And then when that happens, uh, you're, you're the first one they think of yeah. when they need something. 
Yeah. yeah. And that's even one of the things we say when they ask us to do sometimes. We'll talk about it at staff and we'll say, so, you, you know, if, if we say no to this, who do they think of next? Mm-hmm. You know, in yeah, other words, yeah, the next yeah, time they have an go. opportunity. Yeah. You, you know, I actually, one time we got a call from, from the city and the city was putting on a, a thing to raise money for there was a family you know that was a pillar of the community that had had some some issues or whatever and so somebody made a comment um and we were the one of the we were the first actually another church in Tulsa now that i mean it's a broken air that actually has a, a digital billboard like us but i guess everybody in broken air reads our billboard evidently is what they were saying so they were saying hey you you think that maybe that rainbow could advertise on their on their billboard so so we threw it a thing in about about some kind of city function where they're raising money to wow. to, to help. It, it was actually one of the, the someone's daughter who was having had some kind of transplant or something like that. And so, like, sure. I mean, what's it hurt to throw a little advertisement about some city event? So you know, sure. And and so that's when I found that a lot of people actually read our billboard mm-hmm. yeah. because um because they were saying because they were trying to figure out ways. What's the biggest advertisement here in Broken Arrow? And that was one of this was before Facebook was big, sure. And, and the computers were big and things like that. And you know, we, well, we the were, one that city got it's huge i i caught myself the other day that the light turned green and i'm still sitting there staring at the <laughs> the sign yeah. Yeah. but you know I, you think about this too and I, I know it's happened with you guys i mean the beauty of it is is that as you begin to do that it elevates the other churches in town too yeah you know yeah. all of a sudden they begin to see oh yeah we should be a part of this and so that's been one of the things that's happened is there's been more ownership uh, in of the community from the other churches, I and and again, so many things I, I say I learned here, and so I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. But but we, you know, we we have the mission that the church was not intended to be in the shadows of the community, just kind of biding its time until Jesus comes back. You know, that we're to occupy till He comes. You know, Jeremiah 29 says, you know, pray for the pray for the peace of your city and work for its pro- prosperity. He said it's it's uh, you know how well it does will determine how well you do, and so. Even when we built our, remodeling our facility, one of the there were three reasons why we remodeled our facility. One is it was going to be a memorial, just like when they crossed the Jordan, they had the memorial. It's going to be a memorial of who we are. That you know that Jesus changes stories; he just does. The second reason was for the people that we have yet to reach. You know, God built Eden, and then He put Adam and Eve in it. And then the third reason was was that we we're going to be relentlessly good to our community, the north end of Claremore. Because of that building, because it's so huge and so ratty looking, it was a detriment to it. So we mm. said, we're going to, by fixing this up, it'll elevate this into town. It'll make it more appealing for investors and people to build and stuff like that. It'll it'll give it a better look on this into town. So, I, I mean, those things were connected to what God's called us to be in that place. And that's not to be a, a wallflower or anything like that, but to be actively involved and just sharing the love of god with people amen that's good amen that's, that's what it's all about well rick we're gonna bring you back next program but um you know once again if you're listening and and you're thinking man i really want to learn more about the word i mean um first of all you know pastor rick here has been saying well i learned this at rain i learned this at rain i learned this at rain you know well maybe rain is a place that you might want to consider coming rbtc um dot org rain bible training college dot org um you can just go there Fill out your information, and, and we'll we'll give you a call, set up a tour. Um, also, I mean, we actually our next big event on campus is camp meeting, um, camp meeting twenty twenty one coming up July the twenty fifth 
through the 30th. And um, like I said, we, we are accepting applications right now for the 2021-2022 school year, which starts September the 1st, yep. I believe. September the 1st. And you know, maybe you can't attend there. You can you can start in January. In fact, um, um, I don't have the dates, but but in October, there's a Rayma College weekend. October, I believe it was like the 17th or, or something like that. Um, actually, my son just showed me the dates a few minutes ago whenever he walked down the room. But, but um, you know, you know, you can come for more about Rayma because I know a lot of times people actually end up coming to Rayma after they come, they visit campus and, and God talks to them while they're there on, on campus. And that's when they end up becoming a Rayma student. You find that, Tony? October the 15th through the 17th. October 15th. I was pretty close then. October 15th through the 17th, 2021. Close on accounts and horseshoes and, and hand grenades. Yeah, that's so. true. But, but, um, you know, you know, Rain Bible Training College is a great place to check out whether you're 18 or 82, doesn't matter how old you are. You know, you're never too old to be used by God. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Rick, it was so good to, to have you on this program. I said we'll bring you back for, for next episode. But, you know, here at Rama, we're bringing hope, hope help, and healing, healing to the world. world. God bless you guys. You have a wonderful day. <laughs>